Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your co-host Mike Broadbent. Joining me is my co-host Richie Schneider. Richie, we uh, we have a good amount to talk about today. We're going to hit on some basketball, uh, an update on the apparel contract, and some football stuff. But uh, Rutgers fans can exhale a little big sigh of relief because <laughs> the portal closed uh, last night at midnight. So now no new entries can enter the portal unless you get a waiver or unless you're a grad transfer. So yeah. really, it's just a mostly exhale. Um, but you know, no Atmag did not enter the portal, which is a huge win for, uh, Steve Pikeland staff. They're keeping one of their best players around for next year. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about what you're hearing with the portal and Rutgers. Yeah. So, I mean, they still obviously want to add one, but, um, good news to start is, um, what Mag is staying. Um, I mean, he can enter the portal technically, but he'd have to sit out a year and I don't see that one happening. Um, but it sounds like he's, he's staying, he's good to go. There were a lot of people in his ears. Um, I guess we can kind of come out and say it now. Like some of the people um, he previously played under and former coaches and candlers or whatever you want to call them, the, the uncle. I guess we'll call him the uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very involved with trying to uh, get to see uh, how much money he could potentially make. And now that uh, Rutgers has figured it out and uh, it sounds like he's staying at Rutgers. Um, that's huge for them because I know he's not going to be healthy till December, January, but He's a key cog in this in this uh in this team, especially this year. And uh we we say it enough on the pod. Next year too, like people keep yeah. talking about it or, or don't are are not talking about it. I agree. That's like the the understated reason why like keeping him around is so huge because he'll be the veteran leader on that team when Ace Bailey is a freshman, when potentially Dylan Harper's a freshman, when Gavin Griffiths is a sophomore. He'll be the only really he'll be the only real veteran on the team. Like, senior yeah he'll be the defensive stopper because all the other guys are well freshmen you know they're not used to the scheme and defensively that pike runs even as you could be the most athletic you know tenacious guy on the team but there's still gonna mm-hmm. be intricacies that a senior is gonna understand more than a freshman so his presence yeah. gonna be huge for those teams um so it'll be healthy that whole season so mm-hmm. just gotta hope you can stick him around keep him around for two seasons yeah, I mean, just look at the roster outlook too. If you're looking right now, based on commitments, and I'll even I'll throw Dylan in there for shits and giggles, but just say Delquan Warren or or Derek Simpson at the one. Your two is probably Dylan. Your three, Gavin maybe. But Gavin. or if you if you or or if you don't want Gavin, you could even put Mawat Mag at the three, and put Ace at the four, and then whoever your five is, Lathan. I mean. I, th- I think Moat kind of slides in that role pretty nicely because not only because of the veteran presence, but you need some defense at the end of the day. Yeah. I know, yep. I know this offense is going to be super high powered offense, but with those guys on the court, but you you need some defense. Delquan Warren's a good defender, but you need someone that can guard that wing role and um, someone that can shut down the uh, most opposing team's best player is typically a wing. Could a guard do it? Eh, maybe sometimes occasionally, but um that you need someone to play play that Caleb McConnell role that's going to chip in those those eight points and maybe four or five rebounds, maybe six rebounds even, and uh, that's that's where Mawat Mag kind of fits. And uh, this is huge to get him back. Like I said, he won't be back till probably uh, December, January. I'm hearing, which is fine. That's work him in slowly, get him back, and you could have a totally different team from the first uh, month and a half to two months of basketball than the last couple. So, and I think he's going to be a huge, uh, he'll play a huge role for this for this program going forward. Yeah, things could look really good for Rutgers next year by the time, you know, February rolls around and you have 
a lot back, healthy. You have some of the freshmen acclimated to the Big Ten at that point. Yeah. Like this should be a tournament team if, if things go the way we think they are, which is Cliff potentially going back. Cliff did not get an NBA combine invite, which mm-hmm. if you want Cliff back, that's a good first step. Uh, the G League combine is coming up. I believe that's this weekend. It is. And yeah. you can, if you perform well enough at the G League combine, you can earn like kind of a, an at-large bid to the NBA combine for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, I think seven players last year from the G League Combine earned an NBA Combine invite out of it. Mm-hmm. So that's still a threat. But if he doesn't earn an NBA Combine invite from the G League Combine invite, I can't imagine that he sticks in the draft. That's just, you're, you're, they're basically telling you you're not even good enough right now to you know, be one of the guys we consider to draft, let alone mm-hmm. in the draft. So. Yeah, no, they definitely, it definitely sounds like he's going to be back. Um, I've, I've actually, uh, I'll admit to this, been stalking his Instagram, just trying to see what like NBA <laughs> workouts he's going on. And he always posts like on a story where he's at, he went to the Brooklyn Nets. He had a workout, he had a workout with the Celtics. Um, he had someone else too. I forget who it was. I want to say for some reason, Chicago, but I don't think that's correct. But um, I know he's had three to four NBA workouts already. And I saw the Wintrust arena in the background. I'm like, why the hell is he there? Like, mm-hmm. like, and I'm like, oh, hold on, wait, G League Elite Camps this weekend. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, um, but going back to what he's gonna do, I think he comes back. I don't think he earns one of those invites. Um, if he does, great, because that means he's he's got an even better chance of getting drafted. If he doesn't, also great, because then that means yeah. he's coming back most likely. Um, yeah, I mean, Cliff coming back, I think is gonna be one of the uh, obviously one of the main contributors. It was tied technically for points per game last year. And uh, I know I caused a little controversy on the boards today with uh, with that little post, but um, I had him as number two for, again, for points per game next year. I still think Spencer leads it. Yep. And uh, Quiff's going to be number two. Fernandez is going to get his probably 10 to 11 points. And then this is where the controversy comes in. Four and five are probably interchangeable. But I decided to go for Mulcahy, who uh, – I think he's going to play that facilitator role. He's going to get a couple, a lot more open looks, I think, too. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't awful from three last year. He had 37%, which is what? Second best on the team. That's not saying much for the team, but so, I mean, I don't know. I think Paul at four is very reasonable. So I do think that Paul could have his best career, best season of his career at Rutgers if he transitions more into a wing role and mm-hmm. he's more of just like a spot up shooter. Because if you think about it, Fernandes and Noah, or not Noah, um, Fernandes and Simpson are going to be these two slashing type guards who can create some space on the inside and like kick it out to open shooters. And you got to imagine that Simpson, or that, I'm sorry, Jesus can't talk today. You got to imagine that Cam Spencer and Gavin Griffiths are going to be the players that are expected to get these kick out looks. Mm-hmm. And Paul could be, you know, just getting, you know, the worst defender on the court at all times because he's not quite as good as shooters those two, but he shot 37% last year yeah. on decent volume. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you look at a guy like, uh, I'm not comparing him to PJ Tucker, but PJ Tucker, like he only gets one shot and it's the corner three and he's really good at it. And if he just like <laughs> finds his niche like that, I think Paul could be a super valuable offensive player and he could still do his, you know, back, back down old man game stuff when, you know, he needs to, like he could still be the main distributor at points but he won't be you know the, the go-to point guard anymore yeah which is which is perfectly fine that's not a big deal um this role i think is gonna be huge for him like you just mentioned uh he was he was also fourth fifth fifth in points per game last year so i don't think it's unheard of i know andre hyatt's points per game were technically up there um those are it's it's weird because like points per game is a little skewed because you'll have a guy like Go for two points one game. He'll go for thirteen the next. He'll go for two points again. He'll go for twelve. Then he'll go to zero and ten and six and five. And he gets all kinds of messed up in uh, college, especially when you have low, big rotations. Like Derek averaged uh, seven, and I thought that was pretty legitimate. But then you like uh, who else? I'm trying to think. There's got to be one like outlier here, right? No, I guess not really. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think Paul's in for a big year. And then, um, fifth, I had Gavin Griffiths, but that could also be interchangeable with Simpson. I think Simpson could be right there as a six man type role. I think Hyatt could even be right there again. Um, it's, it's nice to have depth for a change. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what happens. And, and Watt Mag, I didn't even mention him. Yeah, no, we, you know, fingers crossed. We should have the most depth under Pike, uh, 
uh, next season that he's ever had. Yeah. Um, if, if things all go to plan, but you know, we've all seen how plans go. They just, uh, they don't always work out, but yeah. fingers crossed, like I said. Well, speaking of plans, it sounds like, uh, even if I didn't mention it before in regards to Quiff, even if Quiff does make the draft or stay in the draft or whatever, uh, sounds like they have a backup plan just in case I don't have a name specifically, but they, they do have a plan in place. It sounds like, so we'll see what Is happens. This a portal kid. Yeah. It sounds like they have a portal guy ready to go. Um, in case, now, mind you, I don't know what the logistics are behind that. Like, is this kid just yeah. waiting for Rutgers? I don't know. Um, but uh, it sounds like in, it, there's a backup plan in place. They have a plan for everything for the most part. Um, they also still want to add one guy. They still have one ship or two ships open, technically, even if Paul and Cliff do return. So I think Pike always wants to leave that one ship open for that walk-on that he always gives gifts. Uh, I shouldn't gifts, uh, gives, whatever you want to call it, uh, a scholarship mm-hmm. to. And that, that's a culture thing, which I'm perfectly fine with. Most 13th guys don't even play, so whatever. Yeah. Um, so give it to a walk-on, and, and everyone loves it. The team loves it. You get a little morale boost for the guys. And then um, that other ship, though, I don't know where you can go, and that's where a guy like one that entered the portal yesterday, Supreme Cook, at number one all-time name list, New Jersey native, <laughs> played for Jay Young. It plays that 4-5 or five role, plays a 5 for Fairfield, but would probably – could sneak the four at times next to Cliff because he, he can score. He averaged 13 and eight, yeah. I think it was last year. So not not a bad option right there. Plus, that's an NIL deal waiting to happen with Supreme Cook with oh, Supreme. With Supreme, imagine. Yeah. Oh, my God. That NIL deal. <laughs> you, you guys want to talk NIL deals. That one would be whew, through be the roof. Home run. Um, yeah. Pivoting a little bit, uh, uh, Rutgers, or sorry, Rivals National Basketball recruiting analyst uh, Rob Cassidy was on our podcast, obviously on Monday, he came out mm-hmm. with a, a, a Twitter Thursday uh, article yesterday where mm-hmm. he takes questions on Twitter and he addresses them. And one of the questions was from a Rutgers fan about Dylan Harper. And yes. he said from what he's hearing right now, and this is just kind of reiterating what he said on the podcast, he's hearing that Dylan Harper is slightly leaning to Rutgers and, you know, he's starting to feel better and better about Rutgers chances with Dylan Harper. Now, obviously, we've said this ad nauseum on the podcast, but I uh, just felt it was worth mentioning and, uh, you know, <clears throat> bring it up again. Uh, does this fall in line with what you're hearing? Yeah, yeah it's, so a, it's, it's the same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same exact thing. Um, nothing crazy. Uh, it's still Duke or Rutgers. I still I have Rutgers in the lead. Like, I'm, I'm very confident in that. I, I, like, every day I inch a little bit closer, and I'm like – like hovering over that button sometimes. And I'm like, just qu- <laughs> click it. Just future cast mm-hmm. it. Be that guy. Have everyone DM you and be like, what's going on? What'd you hear? Oh my God. Like, and I'm like, ah, you know what? Not today. Not today. See, maybe, <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Um, so yeah, no, I, I like, um, definitely one of, uh, say Rutgers is in a pretty good spot right there. And everything we're hearing, um, Brandon Knight's putting in a ton of work. He's got a great relationship with that family with both mom and dad. Sounds like mom wants some close to home. Um, she's running the recruitment completely, which is fine. Um, you just got to win over mom. And that's, that's like kind of the, uh, the MO for most recruitments. You, you win over mom, you win, you get the kid and yeah. sounds like Rutgers is doing just that. Yeah. It doesn't help. doesn't hurt that, you know, Pike helped take her other son who wasn't a very highly sought after recruit and turned him into an NBA player. So, uh, that never hurts either. Yeah, that's um, true. But I'm glad you brought up Brandon Knight because uh, obviously the, what the reporting you had done was that Michael was going to wait until the portal closed to really turn the heat up on his assistant coaching search. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so we we could talk about the former Rutgers assistant coach as well because you're hearing something regarding what yeah, he's holy shit. gotten at Georgia Tech. You guys want to talk money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the open uh, assistant coaching role. Do you expect that? Do you expect more news to kind of trickle out about that over the next week or so? Mm, yes and no. So yes okay. is in, he's going to start these uh, interviews on campus. It sounds like it's down to a short list. A couple people I talked to, um, college basketball coaches. Um, so the, these are guys like, I'll give you a little insight into the sources here. Uh, these are guys that are at the mid-major level. So actually two are at the high major level that don't have interest in the job and it's kind of just what they're hearing from their perspective. A couple of them have really close ties to Steve from back in the day, um, coaching with them, grow, or, uh, coaching with them in the coaching ranks uh, years ago. But uh, basically it sounds like, like 
Jonathan Mitchell actually has a legitimate shot, which I think Rutgers fans will be pretty excited about. Wow. Um, I can assure you as a fact currently, Dave Leto, who we had on our list, is no longer a candidate. Um, my finger looked really big right there. <laughs> um, number two, Brett McConnell is no longer a candidate. Um, who else was that? There was another name I was thinking of. I can't remember. But, yeah, they definitely want to get these, these this thing like kind of settled a little bit. It does sound like he does want a uh, – a big man type coach and people were Mitchell's not a big man. What? He was a six, seven forward slash guard for us. Dude. He's like the new age, big man. Don't really matter. Um, he's actually a pretty good recruiter too. From what I've, what I've heard, I was looking up um, who he's recruited. And uh, I know I mentioned it last time. They landed a Minnesota transfer uh, out over two Stetson, which is impressive in its own right. Uh, they've produced several, uh, several top players in that conference. I don't even know what conference it is, but it's in, in that conference. They were ranked in the uh, all conference teams or whatever. Highest uh, first winning season at Stetson in like 25 years or some shit, which is impressive again. Um, yeah, I, I'm the, actually uh, they're in the going. Sun conference. Okay. There you Atlantic go. Sun. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, supporter of uh, Mitchell. I don't really know what other names are involved, but I know there's a shit ton of names that have reached out. So there might be a big name out there for all we know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's not next week. I think probably I'm closer to the end of May slash, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a Memorial day news dump and it's yeah. like, everyone's off and here's, here's the news. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of all we got on that right now. Well, our guy, uh, Richard Kent, a couple of days ago, he had a pretty <laughs> interesting tweet about, uh, the, the coaching search. <clears throat> he said from a high major D one coach last night. The Rutgers assistant position is more coveted than you can imagine. No better boss than Steve Peichel and working with TJ and Brandon will be a treat. Steve is not rushing into this as chemistry is crucial. Yes. So this isn't any different than what you've been saying, but it's kind of reiterating that there might be some bigger names than we anticipated that are secretly interviewing for this. And a lot of times, like if you interview for another job and it gets out, it could totally derail your career. Cause then the coach yeah. you're working for is pissed off at you. The recruits you're trying to bring to that school might think twice. Like it is so imperative to keep these things a secret that there's a reason why a lot of this doesn't get out because nobody wants it to get out. Steve doesn't want to screw the guy over. Mm -hmm. The guy doesn't want to screw himself over. And unless you're getting the job, you don't want people to know that you interviewed because you know, if you don't get chosen, that looks bad too. So, doesn't surprise me little has come out about this because Steve does a really good job at keeping these things under lock and key. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's done a phenomenal job with this one too. Um, I've reached out to so many people I, I've reached out to, and you, most of you that are on Twitter, like we all know these names. I've reached out to Samurai Hoops. I've reached out to <laughs> Trilly Donovan and they've both told me the same thing. They go, dude, do you have any info? Cause we have nothing either. And I'm like, yeah, no dude, the dude just got everything unlocked. This is actually super impressive. So yeah. I think the only way that we're going to find out if is if something's going on is if you kind of stalk the rack. But like, I don't know. I just it's, it's tough. Um, it's not, nothing's leaking out at all, and he's he's doing a great job of it. And the other thing I, I want to point out too, it's Brandon Knight is the lead guy here. I don't think there's a question mm -hmm. in terms of assistant coaches. TJ's probably his right hand man or second in command. So I don't know if you're not going to target a big name dude that's going to step on toes there. And that's what I think Richard yeah. Kent's kind of uh, insinuating with culture. Like you need some guy that's not going to step on toes, understand where he fits in the pecking order, which he, he might, he might be an equal with TJ. He might be next to TJ, but Brandon Knight is that lead assistant dude. He's your associate yeah. head coach. You're not changing that. Um, and you have so to you do don't... everything in your power to keep Brandon happy. Oh, yeah, no shit. You do not land. <laughs> Ace Bailey, and you do not land Dylan Harper without without Brandon Knight being on staff. And yeah, maybe maybe that's a little overblown, but he is so close to both those families. He's the lead recruiter on both those guys. You don't want to jeopardize that. No, and I I said this to someone the other day, and they kind of agreed with me. I do think he might be the head coach in waiting. I know Steve's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's got a lifetime contract, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to make you almost spit that up. It's a bit of an uh, inside joke there, but uh, yeah, that yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, nah, people understand. Like they've seen that the lifetime contract wasn't a lifetime contract, but uh, it's fourteen years younger than Pike. Pike's fifty-five. How how long do we really expect Pike to keep going? I'm not insinuating he's going to quit anytime soon. I mean, Jim Calhoun coached till he was what 
like 70 something at UConn. Yeah, yeah. I mean something around there, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't argue Brandon Knight's the head coach in waiting at the moment. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if you, you have to pay the guy, if, if he's, this man's going to land ace and Dylan, I know everyone's yeah, like, yeah, you know, he's, he's got a ton of money. Like, no, like fuck no dude, give him more. <laughs> like, yeah. Give him and then give TJ a, a bump too, because TJ's been quietly killing it. No one wants to, everyone wants to talk about like how um, Brandon Knight's landed ace. He's probably going to land Dylan. TJ's been killing it in his own right. Like he's landed most of these other guys. He was a big role in Griffiths. Um, who else? I, I think Delquan or Somerville, one of the two, or maybe both. Um, I forget. Not sure. I, I know that he's obviously super connected with the uh, the New England prep scene, which could mm-hmm. be huge because there's a lot of really good players in New England in the next few classes. Not saying that Rutgers will be involved, but like, yeah, there's you know AJ. I, I can't even pronounce his last name. It's like Debansta from Massachusetts, who's the number mm-hmm. one player in 26. Uh, there's a top 10 kid from Vermont in 25. Like, again, not saying we're going to land these kids, but, and Cooper flag is originally from New Hampshire, but he's not going, he's going to do, we already kind of discussed that, but yeah. a lot of talent in new England right now. Um, so. um, kind of piggybacking on that. Well, number one, he did recruit, he recruited both Warren and Somerville. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, Griffiths. Uh, we have an article coming out this weekend or Monday, I forget, of the two new Rutgers offers in at Putnam Science Academy in I'm not even gonna try to say this one. Oswin <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I don't I don't know this. Oswin Erhun Musi I don't dude, this is a rough one. Um but he's a fast riser. I just sent in a chat. That's you could try to pronounce that one if you want. Um oh man that's a lot of letters. Yeah, no, that's that's a tough one. There's twenty seven letters in the alphabet and he's got about sixteen of them in there. Um, His last name's eleven letters long, so yeah. yeah. Okay, well, yeah, and you is two of them, so all right, yeah. whatever. You know, you get the point. <laughs> yeah. um, ben Ahmed too. Um, so they're they're pursuing this New England area extremely hard, and I I get it. Like it makes sense. Um, they they produce now, like they're producing talent at a, a, a high rate, and then uh, of course the Jersey kids too. So I I think this is a you got to pay those both those guys. I don't care what they they really want, but in terms of keeping the staff together for the most part. Yeah. You lost Tom Barrett to sacred heart too, but that's a promotion. You always want guys to do that. Um, some people on the boards are like, who's that? And I'm like, Tom Barrett was pretty damn like influential in terms of like recruiting and on-campus visits and stuff like that. So don't, don't just knock that one. So you got to replace two, two spots. And one of them has to be Mitchell back to what I was saying yeah. before. I think Jonathan Mitchell makes sense for either role. Um, would you want to get him as an assistant coach? Probably because I would want him to be on the road traveling, but End of the day, I I would take him in either either way, and it does sound like Mitchell's also uh, talking to a couple other high majors as well. So interesting. So you got to keep an eye on that. So if you want him, you probably got to get him soon. Would be mm. the case. Do you expect both roles to kind of be filled roughly around the same time? The yeah, uh, that's a good question because the Barrett news probably came out I think a week ago, two weeks ago when I posted or I hinted at it on the boards that someone was leaving. Um. Maybe. maybe if it's the right fit yeah if not um i could see like one being like an assistant coach being a priority and then it's like all right now let's see what kind of candidates are left over that still want to like actually want to coach with us and not just be a, on, on the coach on the road dude um we've heard some names like uh the, the one we mentioned but i'm gonna keep that for the boards right now uh, yeah, so if you're not a member of the boards uh, already, go to Rutgers Rivals. Yeah. Richie has a promo going on right now for a free month uh, using yeah. uh, the promo code John Garcia. So, uh, Ri- Rivals Garcia. Rivals Garcia, sorry. Yeah. So if you're not a member already, why give it a shot. 30 days free trial. You're going to love it. You're not going to want to leave. So sorry for the uh, the gateway drug there, but it is what it is. <laughs> Um, we also, you might've gotten some clarity as to why Carl Hobbs left recently. Uh, it sounds like Georgia tech has given him the proverbial bag. Tell us what you're hearing about Carl Hobbs and Georgia tech there. Yeah, I get my notepad out. I got a whole list of notes. <laughs> now. Um, 750,000, reasons why Carl Hobbs went to Georgia tech and all of them start with money. Um, yeah. So you got a fucking payday and a half, which not shocking. What was he making at Rutgers? He was making like half that, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I can actually pop that up, I believe. Nope, never mind. His thing's gone. So um, I have I've posted it, actually, I think. Um, Let's see if I can find it while you're going through your notes there. Yeah, so no, I mean, uh, $750,000. Like, holy shit. But uh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I did pop it up real quick. He made, just to put it in perspective, 360000 yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, that kind of makes sense why he left. I, I, I think most of us would probably take a, uh, double my salary increase, uh, yes. and then, and then some, um, yep. but yeah, no, I mean, that's number one reason why he left makes sense. Number two, <clears throat> he was in charge of the offense. There was no offense that, that needed to be fixed. And I get it a little bit. I mean, you probably could have kept it. You probably would have stayed if they could have, um, I'm sorry, Discord just popped up. Um, yeah, they probably would have kept him if uh, if he didn't want to leave, but he ended up wanting to leave. It's fine. Change up the offense, get some new blood in there. Um, and Georgia Tech has money at the end of the day. Like yeah. it's not a, it's not a secret. Like that's why this 750k. Like I saw it at first. I'm like, oh shit, it's a lot of money. And then I'm like, you know what? Georgia Tech has has a bankroll. It's not like a super shocking thing. Um, quietly, they have a nice nil. Uh, collective thing going i don't know what you call it anymore collective not collective they have nil like a significant amount of it just put it like that mm-hmm. now mind you um in terms of football that ain't gonna buy a shit because like i was told the other day they had one of the worst fucking campuses they've ever uh, these recruits have ever been to and i'm like holy shit really that's the worst one like that's what mm-hmm. we're gonna go with like okay um i'm gonna do something with that too um actually i'm gonna write that down for rivals camp i'm gonna see if i can get anonymous uh recruits to tell me their worst visit that'd be funny um that'd be that'd be awesome actually i'm sure you'll have some uh some coaches not be very happy with you oh yeah that should be fun <laughs> uh, yeah what, the, what, do you, what do you mean we had the worst visit at umass there's nothing there dude like of course you had the worst visit at umass like yeah, uh you live in amherst you should like, know these things by now yeah like geez anyway but yeah, no, seven hundred fifty thousand reasons why um, I would also leave, but that that's not a shock. Um, also, like, I hate to say, it, I'm not going to knock the dude too much, but you recruited one dude to Rutgers ever, yeah. and that's technically Mag, but I say technically because that was a group effort. Um, he recruited Bay Nadongo to Rutgers, who still hasn't committed. Weirdly enough, I guess that uh, maybe they don't have NIL. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it no. seems that seemed like it should have been a pretty straightforward open shut situation, but the fact that it hasn't, yeah. and we'll talk about another situation like that later. Um, the fact that it yeah. hasn't happened yet is kind of weird. Um, um, I, I still think he ends up there to be fair, but yeah, whatever. Dotting the T's and crossing the I's there on uh, there you go. that, that NIL contract. Yep. All right. Let's do a little bit of pivot. Uh, speaking of contracts, Rutgers apparel, deal runs through the end of i believe june or july so there's going to be a new apparel contract for Rutgers athletics coming up um what are you hearing regarding the Rutgers apparel contract negotiation well it's two horse race and this so get the stupid under armor ideas out of your head it's gone (laughs) it's dead let it die please because it's just not worth looked into it a little bit too um Actually, I'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah, so it's a two-horse race. It sounds like Nike has a deal on the table. Adidas might come back and match and then get give some more. So we'll see what happens in that regard. Um, we're kind of just waiting. Um, the Big Ten's dominated like most conferences. So I was looking it up today. This is from 2021. So these stats obviously aren't 100% accurate. Well, they were in 2021, not in 2023. But um, 52% of Power 5 schools, high major schools, are Nike. 28% are Adidas. That's up from it used to be 13% were Adidas. So that's a significant increase. So people are starting to get more on the Adidas train, which makes sense. 13% Under Armour, 5% Jordan. So those two are out though. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and then 0.8% were New Balance. So you freaks in Boston College, <laughs> you, can, you, you can keep that one. And just, I don't even know why you did it, but you did it. So congrats. You have Kawhi Leonard's for your, your basketball shoe. Great. Um, I actually feel bad for those kids. Yeah. That's, that's why basketball stinks up there, but I guess they were decent this year. So whatever. 
So New Balance um, is a Boston area company, I guess. Maybe that's the connection, I but know, yeah, it's still, like, it's an embarrassment. It's not good. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, oh shit, where am I going? I'm trying to pop this back up. I think it is June 30th, if I recall correctly. I forgot the exact day. Um, on top of that, the Big Ten has seven Nike, three Adidas, three Under Armour, which I, th- I think they're the only conference with three Under Armour, which I kind of hate, but mm. whatever. And one Jordan, uh, who used to be Adidas, I think. No, I think Michigan used to be Adidas before Jordan. Yes. Um, so that's interesting. I found that. And then seven out of the top 20 NIL deals, mind you, or NIL, uh, apparel deals. You can see where my mind is. It's all fucking NIL. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, seven out of the top 20 from 2021 were Adidas. Um, two, three were uh, Under Armour and the rest were Nike. So 10 Nike, seven Adidas. It's closer than people think. Like it's not yeah. like as crazy. Um, the other thing that I found interesting is UConn was number 19 in the top apparel deals. What does UConn have? That's like good. No offense. Exactly. Oops. And that's what's driving the bus right now for Rutgers. Um, so shout out you, Dave, um, for being excited about that little comment <laughs> on, on the, on the discord I made the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely, that's going to be driving the bus. We'll see where it kind of goes. Uh, I know it sounds like a lot of people do want Nike still, which isn't a super shock because it's the better recruiting tool as well. Mm-hmm. So I did find it interesting that Ace, Ace's AOT running Rebels, their AAU program, is now Adidas. It was Nike. It was EYBL. It switched to Adidas. So I don't I don't know. We'll, we'll see and see. But Dylan Harper plays Nike. I think Lathan Somerville, I said, plays. Uh, I think he actually plays on the Under Armour circuit too. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what they're going to do. So I think it's just going to be Nike or Adidas with Nike in the lead. But if Adidas offers you like tier one status, you can't really say no to that. Yeah, no, you can't say no. And I think, and don't quote me on this, but I, I think that part of being in that tier one is these, these apparel deals, these apparel companies being open to giving direct NIL deals to your athletes as well, because that is the next phase of NIL in my in my eyes. These apparel companies giving yeah. players direct NIL deals. We saw it last year. Nike signed five basketball players to NIL deals. DJ Wagner, Bronny James, Caitlin Clark, and two other female basketball players. Mm-hmm. Adidas did the same. They signed a bunch of kids to NIL deals. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis had an NIL deal with, with Adidas. Uh, Jalen Hood-Chavino had a deal with Adidas. Grady Dick had a deal with Adidas. And Hansel Emanuel had a deal with Adidas. So Hansel Emanuel, you've probably seen him. He played basketball at Northwestern State last year. He has one arm, and he's playing D1 basketball, and he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if part of Mackenzie Mbako's recruitment was because Adidas was willing to give a really big NIL deal because it's two finalists, Indiana and Kansas, both Adidas schools. So I do yeah. think that this could be a bargaining chip. Now, like you said, if if Nike's willing to, you know, give you similar money, but Adidas is offering tier one versus Nike's tier two, I find it hard to turn that down because the tier one, it comes with all these different customized uh, apparel. It comes with, you know, you probably mm-hmm. get like uh, employees from Adidas like that are fully 100% Rutgers liaison. So, you know, if you want to do some kind of special event, Adidas would craft specific gear for that. Like there's a, a, a level of attention that you get for being a tier one school, like a white glove treatment that is tough because it, it's, it's ultimately branding. Like Rutgers will shine brightest in terms of its, uh, it's brand if you're getting treated as a tier one school because it's in the apparel deals, the apparel co- company's best interest to elevate you as much as possible. Additionally, you've said it's most important for these basketball uh, teams uh, and basketball in general for apparel to get these shoes and get this gear on the feet and on the bodies of high end basketball players. And who is Rutgers recruiting recently? high-end basketball players. So that is going to drive the bus, like you said, for these apparel talks. And it doesn't hurt to have these guys ready to go in the chamber two years from now in Nace Bailey and potentially Dylan Harper. So I, 
I think that's a huge part of it. And you've already said that. So I'm not, you know, I'm just repeating kind of what you said, but I do think that there's some stuff that might be in play that we're not really fully thinking about right now in terms of NIL related stuff with these apparel deals. The other cool thing is you're going to get like, I know you mentioned exclusives. You get like the cool shit too for a yeah. change, which is, which is nice. Like don't get me wrong. Rutgers has had some cool stuff. Like they, mm -hmm. they were involved. I think they're tier two right now for Adidas. So they, they got the, like the black history month uniforms like a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, those are really nice. Um, those were nice. I know some of the other schools like, like D Indiana gets like, I think a custom uniform every year, Miami, mm -hmm. Mississippi, Mississippi State, I'm sorry. Um, Kansas, I think, and then Louisville are the top five, and that's tier one, I believe. I might be wrong on that because they don't really reveal who's what. Yeah. But you have to kind of just guess based on the shit they're getting, which, yep. I mean, Adidas and Indiana, Adidas and Kansas makes sense. Like, they're giving them everything possible. The other thing is is that no one has – no one in the Northeast has Adidas. Yep. So that that's kind of their segue into the Northeast. Um, UConn has uh, – what did I just say before? Nike. UConn has Nike, Pittsburgh has Nike, Syracuse has Nike, Maryland's Under Armour. Um, who am I also missing? Under Armour's Seton Hall as well. There's someone else. Oh, Penn State's Nike. Um, Temple, I don't know. I'm not even going to count Temple. It doesn't really matter. Uh, no offense. That kind of offense. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just, there's really, um, there's no Adidas schools in the Northeast. And then you have that weird school up north doing New Balance. Like, there's no Adidas schools. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm shitting on Boston College today. I don't really care, though. It's Friday. I'm you you could it. scream at them as loud as you want. They don't have fans, so they're not going to hear anything. Dude, after, <laughs> yeah, and you're not wrong after what that Like, uh, it was a Rutgers home game in September. Holy shit. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, no Adidas school. So I think if Adidas wants to get into this area, I think you're crazy if you don't offer them a, like, a tier one package. Like, there's no one else in the Northeast that has Adidas. And plus, you got New York City right there with NIL and all this good stuff now. Go put um, East Bailey on a billboard in New York City with an Adidas logo. Everyone's going to be like, yo, where's the Adidas store? Mm -hmm. There, <laughs> like right yeah. there in Times Square. Um, so, yeah, I, East Bailey, Dylan Harper even. And that's that's kind of like how what you mentioned before. That's the NIL pitch. And I think uh, I think they'd be a little crazy not to give them that T1 status, tier one status, T1 status, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because, I mean – I don't see Pike's recruiting slowing down. You, they've already like they're in the top group for a top yeah. twenty-five kid in the class of twenty-five, and Darius Adams. They've clearly been able to just like pull kids seemingly out of nowhere. Not out of nowhere in terms of like a guy like Ace Bailey, everyone knew. But the fact, the idea that Rutgers was going to be a factor in his recruitment, <clears> if you <throat> would have said that a year ago, I would have had a hard time believing that, despite all the good buzz we were hearing. So Pike's shown mm -hmm. that he's elevated his recruiting, and I don't see that changing. So I think the, the apparel brands can comfortably rely on Rutgers having top recruits in their apparel uh, moving forward. You see, uh, you know, no, I, you, yeah, shop. Yeah, I accidentally uh, retweeted something on the Rutgers account that was Penn State, but we'll, we'll ignore <laughs> that. Oops. So all you that have notifications on that account, just ignore that one. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, Adidas, I like Adidas too. It's comfortable. For, like I, I don't mind it. Um, I have their basketball shoes. I have Nike basketball shoes. Um, I'll admit I was Adidas like basketball shoes for a while, but they're just not like, I want my foot to be like tight in the shoe. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. Like I have the Trey Youngs and I just didn't think they were like, they're nice. Don't get me wrong. They're a very nice shoe. It's cool. I got the, uh, the ice Trey Youngs. Mm -hmm. And it's got the little fucking slushy logo on the back and it says icy. And I'm like, this is sick. Like yeah, I'm yeah. paying whatever this costs. I bought it. And then I was like, you know what? I cannot like run in these. Like I can't jump. Like, I feel like the shoe's going to fall off. So I switched to Nike and I got the honest shoes now and I, I love them and I'll never go back. I don't think, but yeah, I mean, if they're, if they're going to give you tier one status again, it's just like, fuck, okay, whatever. We're not going to question it. So, and you've recruited this well with Adidas. So who cares? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is a bit of a disadvantage not to be a Nike school, but you know, if 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 Adidas makes up for it otherwhere in other places, I think it, it it's a complex situation. As I guess what we're saying, it's not just yeah one thing, or it's just not being you know in the most popular brand. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, and there's a lot of factors to consider when you're trying to make a decision on apparel as an athletic department. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, if you're Adidas, you got to kind of make a decision like soon. It's fucking May 12th. Like you have what? 
a month, a month and a half, a little bit. So yeah, no, I would. And honestly, it wouldn't be surprising if like a deal was already hammered out with one of these companies, and you just can't. Announce I wouldn't it, shock me at all. So. Yeah, but it, it's. I mean, yes and no because it'd be shocking because last time this came around, it was February they announced it. So I think they're actually still negotiating, from what I'm. I've been told. Yeah, no, that's very like what I'm saying. Mainly is like. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's they know what they they know what they want. It's just a matter of like you know what. Let's just see what they say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's where we're at with apparel. Let's pivot now to football. Uh, you've put in in the war room today. You had a lot of juicy football nuggets. You put in some new future casts. So just talk about yes. uh, what you're feeling recruiting wise with Rutgers football. Um, it's we're starting to get a little uptick. We're in that that time of the the year. It's uh, May going into June. Um, I don't know if we'll see these guys commit this month in the month of May because there's not really visits on campus at all. Um, but I mean, I guess there is a couple of visits on campus, not a lot though, not a lot going on cause there's no football to watch. So, um, <clears throat> two new future casts, um, since it is public knowledge, I'll just tell you, uh, Benjamin black, uh, 2024 wide receiver, uh, out of Mallard Creek high school, in North Carolina. I just mentioned last pod, two pods ago, three pods ago, Isaiah Crumpler was the first ever North Carolina kid since Shiano's returned to the banks. Now they're going to get two in this class, I think. Uh, Benjamin Black is a speedster. He's crazy fast. And I sent it to you the other day, I think, actually, Mike. I sent you the uh, his his broad jump. I don't remember yeah, what it so was, he, but it was something crazy. Like, uh, he he had a 10-7 broad jump. And I, think <clears> the, I don't know if it was a track event that he was at, but the next mm-hmm. the next biggest jump was like almost a foot less than that. And to give you an yeah. idea, that's a, obviously a combine event that the NFL does. If mm-hmm. he would have been in the combine just with that number alone for wide receivers, it would have put him like middle of the pack as like a 16 year old. So pretty, yeah. so, pretty substantial. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a freak athlete. He ran a, uh, a four, four forty also at UNC. So like wow. he, he, he like he, the quote was, and this is from our North Carolina state website. Um, I know that doesn't sound right. That doesn't equal up, but this is North Carolina state offered and, North Carolina, he's like, yeah, I ran a four four, but I, I I knew I could run that four three. I've clocked the four three eight before, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how fast are you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, thirty four and a half inch vertical at five eleven is pretty impressive. Um, he's five eleven, like one seventy ish. Um, I think he's got a ton of potential. I actually really like this kid a lot. Um, very high on his game. He's quick. Um, you, you can't teach speed clearly, and and he's athletic as fuck. So. I think you're kind of crazy that uh, anyone that's kind of hating on this because I know he doesn't have stars yet, but he'll be on campus June 9th, June 2nd. Okay. June 2nd. They're supposed to only have two weekends for official visits, but that kind of made a little switch up when um, Nigel Smith, who's a four star rivals, 200 kid out of Texas. was like, Hey, I can't make that weekend. No, they're like, okay, we'll make this work. Um, Mm -hmm. Rivals, 100 kid rivals, top 75 kid. Sorry. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so he's coming May 19th, which is the weekend before Memorial Day. Um, and he's actually the first one I've noticed that's taking uh, six official visits. Yeah, yep, because so, that rule changes as of June 1st, right? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, his next – I know everyone's, everyone's going to look at his official visit schedule. How's he doing that? It doesn't start total – actually, July 1st, and take July it back. 1st, okay. And how, how's he taking six? And I'm like, yeah, he's taking five before July, and then he's taking one in September, which yep. – everyone anyway i don't think he's going to Rutgers, so he's not one of the future cast so calm down um the other one is a big name though willie Willie love um out of camden he's technically an athlete um he's technically a db and i think they'll start him out at db and start in that safety role but i i do think he's he's a linebacker through and through six four two ten already it's kind of like you pack on 15 20 pounds and it's like oh shit like bump it down yeah kind of a That, that's happened quite a bit, I feel like, in Shiano's first tenure. You've noticed it. Yeah, yeah. Which he, that was always not, the, the – everybody got bumped down. Yeah. You come in as a linebacker, you end up as a def- defensive end. You come in as a DN, you come, you end up as a D-tackle. You come in as a safety, yeah. you get bumped down to a linebacker like pretty consistently. Yeah, so that math kind of worked back then in the Big East when it wasn't as big. The Big Ten is, is big. It's big boy football. So it's a little bit tougher to do that with some guys. But – uh you can't have an undersized tackle. I think we've no. realized that. Um, Joyce Turner worked a little bit, but it wasn't phenomenal either. So 
Um, not mind you, him in the Big East. Holy shit, might have been fucking great. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Willie Love. I got him projected to Rutgers. I, I have a really good uh, connection here with um, some guys down in South Jersey, and it sounds like Willie Love's really favoring the Scarlet Knights. He has one official visit currently to Rutgers. Um, he's got a ton of offers, but it sounds like the main comp is Syracuse and Maryland, which you should beat out more than more times than not. He's uh, number four in state. I don't think he's going to stay there. We're going to have a big switch up in the state rankings coming up, um, I think, June or mm. late May. I forget. Um, I think the top spot changes, number one. I don't think Usain Willis stays there. I think we'll see a lot of guys moving around. So when people yell at me and say there's the, that's the Rutgers curve, I'm telling you ahead of time before he commits to Rutgers, it's probably going to change. So that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, it's it's more about like for Willie's projection and his ranking, it's more about finding out what he truly is because like we've seen him in the past. He's looked really good, but he's grown since then now. Now he's 6'4", 210 currently. And that, those numbers are actually probably from last year. I saw a little bit of him at the Rivals camp and he was playing DB or not Rivals, um, Under Armour camp. And he didn't look bad. I thought he looked pretty good. Now let's see how he does at the rivals camp where there's a little bit more competition, a lot better competition and kind of see uh, how he fits. And then we'll go from, go from there in terms of ranking wise, but Rutgers uh, Rutgers has a great shot and this is a big win for Demir Shaw who uh, will be a big win for Demir Shaw probably um, who's, who's starting to quietly emerge as a pretty, uh, pretty good recruiter. Yeah. Um, be the first four star in the class. Do we land a four star last year? I don't think we did. Nope. So be the first four star in a couple recruiting classes, which is obviously huge. You want to even just, even when a four star doesn't work out, the fact that you can point to the fact that, you know, you landed X amount of four stars. It's a good recruiting tool. It's a good messaging thing. And Greg, as we know, is all about different uh, spins and messages about the football program. (laughs) So it's a good thing to recruit on. Uh, Side note, there's uh, Adam Brenneman, former Penn State and UMass tight end. Uh, he's now in the media. He's got a podcast, I believe, called uh, I wish I... Adam Show or something like that. Uh, he's got a pod. Anyway, he's got a podcast called Next Up. Uh, he, he interviews people long form. He, he's doing a, a bit of an off season or off season circuit of interviewing college coaches <clears throat> and uh, he teased that the new episode um, of his podcast will feature Greg Chiano. Greg Chiano sat down to do an hour long interview. And I don't think he's ever done that as Rutgers coach done like an hour long interview for either TV or podcasts or anything like that. He's done like, you know, eight to 10 minute segments for signing day. He's done like short little hits for different things but never sat down for like a really long, wide ranging interview. So I think it'll be interesting just to kind of like, you can't keep up coach speak for an hour. So I'm interested to see how that podcast goes. Um, Yeah. I think that'd that'd be pretty interesting. He, he, I mean, I shouldn't say he got a raw deal with Arizona state, but I don't know if you ever read the backstory on why he got fired Um, or resigned, whatever. I can only imagine because it's, uh, he was just caught up in the, 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 the tide (laughs) with uh, uh, Herm. No, well, yeah, sort of. No, but he was one of the uh, a couple coaches that was paying for recruits' travel and housing on visits. They were giving free Arizona State apparel to kids free of charge. Which that one, I I don't give a shit. The school <laughs> owns the apparel. I think that's stupid. Yep. He was also hosting recruits and traveling out of state to visit recruits. I don't know if it was him specifically, but this is what the staff was doing at the time. Um, and taking visits, like meeting with recruits during dead periods, which. It's kind of weird to say because most coaches I know that I talk to, they're like, dead period. Finally, mm-hmm. get to take a break. <laughs> and these guys are like, no, fuck it. Keep working. Like, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. That was, uh, that was an interesting one. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's pretty good. It's something to keep an eye on maybe for the future. Now that when time passes and people stop talking about it, maybe you get a new tight ends coach and his name's Adam Brenneman. Yeah, if he wants to get into coaching, it seems like he's got a pretty good gig going with uh, the media stuff. But yeah yeah so we'll see um so we've previously talked about how Rutgers is going to make another push into the portal uh for football now what are you hearing regarding the portal uh it sounds like we're gonna look into wide receivers and offensive linemen prior primarily Uh, is that still what you're hearing 
Yeah, that's that's still accurate. Um, I'm looking at the portal right now, trying to pop up, see if we have any notable names. Um, yeah, no, they definitely want a receiver. They need a wide receiver one. That's There's no question about yeah. it. We saw it in the spring game. I, I know you can blame the rain all you want. The offense still lacks of yeah. a playmaker. Like, and it seemed Brantley yeah, Chris, didn't play either. So. Chris Long wasn't dressed. So, yeah, I mean, but I don't see Brantley as a, as a wide receiver one mm-hmm. uh, type of guy. Um, should, should I pull an Adam Schefter moment real quick? Because I got a phone call from someone. Yeah, do it. Right, give me a sec. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to put on mute. Um, Benjamin Blackburn is no longer taking an official visit. All tight end visits have been canceled. They also had Julian Johnson uh, set up for an official visit as well. That has been canceled. He, um, they have their two tight ends. They're done. No more tight ends. So all you on the board saying that they're going to get like, they should push this guy. They should push that guy. They're done with tight ends. Done. Kaput. 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 Um, Julian Johnson just committed to Minnesota apparently. Julian Johnson. Yeah. I think that was his name, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I think I was. He was like the track kid or wore a track hoodie. And that's the only reason I know it. Um, I remember weird shit when they post these. <laughs> um, he had a track hoodie with Shiano. And um, yes, he uh, did commit to Minnesota on the 9th. Okay. But he was going to take an official visit before that. And then as soon as that got uh, or canceled, it was like, oh, I got to pick a school, mm. Minnesota. So it sounds like Rutgers is going to be out in Minnesota there. So it's something to keep an eye on there. Um, they're doing a lot better in recruiting. Um, mentioned a couple names. Uh, I know people are going to be like, well, what about Corey Duff? He's a tight end for rivals. Yes, but they want him as a wide receiver. I do think they have a really good chance there still. Um, I think they have a really good chance with New York in general. Um, maybe not the big boys in like West New York, like Marcus Harrison and Colin Cubberley, because it sounds like Harrison's leaning West, uh, Wisconsin, I almost said West Virginia, um, and Cubberley hasn't scheduled official visits yet either, but I don't, I don't really see him going to Rutgers uh, as well, but um, what else were we talking before we stopped? Uh, I was kind of speculating that, you know, we're still looking for a receiver and Jaquay Jackson's guy who visited Rutgers. He also visited Miami, A&M, Colorado, West Virginia, Pitt. And since then Colorado's landed three transfer receivers, A&M landed one yesterday, West Virginia landed mm-hmm. three transfer receivers, Pitt landed a transfer receiver. It seems weird that he hasn't committed somewhere, uh given that he racked up all those offers and visited so many places. Could this sneakily mm-hmm. be somewhere someone that Rutgers is actually still involved with? I'd keep an eye on it. Definitely keep an eye on it. It's definitely definitely possible. I know he just got Michigan State the other day mm-hmm. as an offer. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he decided relatively soon um, just because he's how many more visits can you really take? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. um, Pitt was the most recent one. I don't see a graphic for it on his uh, Instagram. I'm just going through his Instagram right now. Cause it seems like most of every visit he's taken, he posted a graphic. I know Pittsburgh was technically an unofficial visit. So, but normally it's something I, I like to keep an eye on is like when it's unofficial visit or when it's a, when kids want to post their commitment graphic, they'll either take down the visit post that they already posted mm-hmm. and then just repost those photos and just get more likes because it's commitment. So of course they're going to get more likes Yep. or they just don't, they take a visit and they don't post those visit photos because it's like, I'm saving that for when I commit. So yeah. Yep. Um, I know West Virginia is pursuing pretty hard. I know Pittsburgh's pretty hard. I don't know how hard a and is going to pursue because they did just land a, a different D2 wide receiver. So yep. number one, we can get this whole narrative out of your head that D2 wide receivers can't play at the D1 level because yep. I know everyone on the boards is like, like I, I'll actually you know what? It was this kid. I posted him on the boards when Rutgers offered and someone's like D2, like, yeah, whatever. That's not, that's not a bad receiver. It's like, he'll be wide receiver one day, <sighs> day one. He steps on campus. Yeah. No, he won't. I'm like, yeah, yes, he fucking will watch the tape. Like they don't understand. They don't have weapons. They need weapons. Yeah, no, I mean, people are just, like, so dismissive of anybody that isn't, like, an Ohio State player in the portal that was, you know, doing big things. Like, you have to be able to project guys the same way you have to, like, you wouldn't say that about a small high school kid. Like, you wouldn't say, like, oh, this kid from X small school in South Jersey, he can't play at Rutgers because he didn't play in the Big North. It's like, that is, you wouldn't take that stance for a high school kid. So why are you taking it for a kid in college? Like if the kid puts on enough, you know, good tape, like 
you got to give him a shot. Like what? What else? Like what else is Rutgers? Teach you all American. Yeah, like, like the kid's good. If a kid just like totally blows up the level he's <clears> at, there's a chance that he could also be good at the next level. If he's average at a lower level, you don't take him because the best he's going to be is average at, at the next level. So, yeah. Um, your best lineman last year was J.D. Dorenzo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. by far. Mm-hmm. By far your best lineman. I shouldn't say by far because Pierce was decent, but. He was, he was easily your best lineman, um, and look at him now. He's got an undrafted free agent contract, yep. uh, an NFL technically, um, and he played for Sacred Heart, like yep. the fucking NEC. Yeah, like, don't don't give me the bullshit that these guys can't play at this level. Like people, like I remember when we started the the thread this year, it was like a Fordham wide receiver that I, I actually really liked. Yeah, it made sense. Played, played for De- yeah, played for Demir Shaw. And everyone's like, yeah, how do you know he can play at this level? It's like, dude, he's put on the tape. He's good. Like, he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. What is what happens? All of a sudden, he goes to Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. So, good luck seeing him this year. It's going to be fun to watch him fucking torch the defense. Probably not because the defense is pretty good this year. But <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah, they want a receiver. They want a tackle. I don't. I haven't heard any tackle names at all, to be honest. I haven't even seen an offer thrown out to a tackle, but – Seems like they're relatively working behind the scenes, kind of like just seeing where guys are leaning, like what they're hearing from other guys. Oh, this guy's going leaning that way towards X school. This one's leaning towards Y school. That's uh, let's go pursue this one instead or whatever. So they're, they're kind of working in the shadows for alignment. They definitely want to tackle though. And um, I have a depth chart piece coming out on Monday, Tuesday. So I, I kind of played around with it. There's going to be a couple ors because it, it's a true competition. And um, just to tease it a little bit, like the offensive line, it's I think Pierce is your left tackle. Dunlap could be either guard spot. He played right guard last year, but the entire spring game he played left guard. So I would assume Pierce and Dunlap are your left side of the line. Um, your right side of the line, I just don't trust the guards. Like I, I'm okay. I'm actually not – to need him at right tackles the question mark i just don't know how good he is and the fact that they're kind of uh looking for a tackle kind of tells me that he's i don't think he's the starter um and then the rest of the young linemen like no one's really produced yet like yeah we saw taj white in the game he didn't look too bad he actually looked like he was he got a lot better since i've last seen him um people are like dante chin looked phenomenal he looked like he has size and i'm like yeah he has size and then kenny fletcher makes him do two 180s and it's like okay well there goes the size um, other than that, the biggest thing you'll see on the depth chart that's a surprise is an Oric kicker. I think the kicking job is right uh, up for grabs still. I think Jay Patel's pushed uh, Jude Makatami quite a bit, and I think that's going to be an interesting one because that's that's an easy way to get points right there. So yeah, yep. So uh, other than that, though, I mean, football recruiting we went over, transfer portal done, coaches we don't have to worry about for football. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Noonan and Valone are both kind of on the road. They're alternating, so that's kind of cool. Okay. Um, Flaherty is going on the road a little bit, but he's not going too far. Um, he'll he'll go to like ground, like stomping grounds that he knows and he's familiar with. But for the most part, it's kind of like an alternating shift there for uh, for the three of them, which is that's fine. I think that's cool. I think that works. Yep. So. <clears throat> Um, let's see. I think that's really it. Alex did post his, uh, season predictions. Uh, I think he's optimistic. I'll be honest there <laughs> uh, at six and six, or I think it was six and six or something like that. It's six wins. That's all I know. Um, I, I still have four wins right now until you do something portal wise significant, then maybe I'll change my mind, but I still have four. Um, everyone asked me about Northwestern. I don't think they're a threat. Um, don't get me wrong. Does, uh, Fitzgerald have bounce back years? Of course he does. That's why he's at, at Northwestern for as long as he's been. But mm-hmm. they got a good quarterback, and I don't think that changes the dynamic of their team. I think uh, we mentioned on here too, Shiano's teams, for the most part, always are really good in the early season. And I think then that's when teams kind of figure them out. And that's why it's kind of a downfall. It doesn't help that your end of the season is always fucking Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, like back to back to back to back to back. Um, but I think, I think they win this one pretty – not easily, but I think they definitely win this one. And then I don't want to go game by game, but I just I see four wins. Yeah, I think we're going to ultimately know by the end of September where Rutgers is because that's three, true. Four of their yeah. first game, five games are their most winnable, so they're going to have to uh, 
really clean up early on in the season to even have a chance to bowl. Um, because those, if you say you win the four of the first five, so say you beat Northwestern, you beat uh, Virginia Tech, you beat <clears throat> obviously Wagner, I think it is. Is it yeah. Temple we also play? Or is it? It's, yeah, it's Temple. Temple, and then you play Michigan, uh, who you're not going to beat, but. Yeah, that's that's the rough one. But then you have to um, beat teams I, like Indiana later in the year. You might have to steal one from Maryland because Maryland lost a ton of talent, but they still have. Uh, they reloaded though. Talia. They yeah. got a nice roster. Like, but there's it's just a coaching to, staff sucks. You're gonna have to steal a game at some point in order to make a bowl. Yeah, and you have to win the easy ones. So not uh, it's easier said than done for sure. But they have yeah. a very narrow just, path to making a bowl this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, unless someone backs out again. <laughs> it's true. You could always... Uh, it's not going to happen ever again, I don't think. But, probably. man, talk about stepping and shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Gator Bowl. Um, yeah, I think um, that's one record. I don't know if it'll ever be broken. The most uh, most losses ever in a season where you participated in a bowl. Eight for Rutgers. Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jesus. Raise the banner. Yeah, uh, it did happen. All right. Uh, happen. We covered a lot today. Is there anything we haven't hit on that you wanted to touch on before we sign off? Kind of- um, baseball plays this weekend. I think yep. that's going to be a pretty cool thing. Uh, this is It's big for baseball, number one, because they're the. I think one of the websites has them as the first three out, or out of the first four. They're the third team out of the tournament. So they're very, very close. The RPI is there. Mm-hmm. Got to get some wins together. Yep. Um, I don't think this Illinois team is great. But they're not bad either, so it's something to uh, – damn, I looked it up before. Hector had a whole article on him before um, previewing the series. Sunday's game is cool enough. It's Mother's Day. If you're not doing anything, obviously, take your mom out to the ballpark. They're going down to Lakewood to play. So that would be kind of cool, a little bit different. Um, oh, they're playing like, at the, I, the Blue Claw Stadium? Yes. So, That's awesome. Um, I thought that would be, be pretty sick. Um, if I was – Lakewood, I'd be like, hey, you know what? We don't need that stadium anymore. We pitched this idea last time. Let's just go to uh, Somerset. And then it's like, oh, there you go. Not Somerset, uh, Piscataway. Um, there you go. You get your stadium built. You get a team. You get Rutgers a, feel, a real stadium feel. Um, that's an early game, too, I think. I think Dude, it's a noon yeah. game. At, yeah. So, yeah, that should be pretty cool. But uh, you definitely got to gotta stack together some wins if you want to you want to put this uh or end the season on a high note and go to the tournament um you're also probably gonna have to win some big 10 game big 10 tournament games whether it be one or two um they started out rough but they're 30 and 18 which is pretty fucking solid yeah they started the seat the first 30 games they're 15 and 15 and ever since they've gone 15 and three so time you want to get hot is you know leading into the postseason so yeah um Still a shot at the NCAA tournament, but you do have to close just as strong as you've been these last 18 games, in my opinion. Yeah. The nice thing is, is they play two of the lower um, teams in the conference. So they're mm-hmm. going to play three three game series against um, Illinois. Then they play an eight and 29 mm-hmm. uh, Albany team midweek. And then they go and play uh, Minnesota, who's seven and 11 in conference right now. So. Yeah, you got you got to just stack together some wins, and I think I think they have a great shot at making the tournament. So uh, shout out to them, and uh, if you end up going on Sunday, let me know how it goes because I won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be a cool event. I also will not be there. I will be uh, with my mom. But exactly. Uh, but thanks again for listening, guys. Thanks to everyone who's rated and reviewed the podcast. We have real quick. now when you're done. Go for, uh, we are we are now the number one rated podcast on both Spotify and <laughs> Apple. So thank you guys so That's much. It. Keep pouring in the, the reviews though. Cause those yeah, don't stop. The more that we get, the more the podcast will grow, the more scoops we'll have for you, the more guests we'll have for you. Uh, so just keep it up. Thank you so much for anybody who has rated or reviewed us. If you haven't already, we implore you to do it. Five stars. The only thing we accept though. So if you want to leave the uh, three stars at the door, that'd be what great. was his name again? Uh, it was Dark Knight. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey, fucking Matt Harvey, piece <laughs> of shit. Um, yeah, no. Um, what do you call? It? What do we have? We have a hundred and ten. Our competitor, I shouldn't say competitor, has a hundred and one. That's right, Fonz. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that goes for you too, Politi. I know you guys listen. You guys mentioned us a couple times. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's all in good fun. But seriously, like, give us more reviews because I, I can't have nine more reviews in them. I need a lot more so then I can start really talking shit to them. Mm-hmm. And those um, guys are great too. We, there's no beef. No, they're great. I know some some of you hate NJ.com, so put that in like the little comment section when you're putting the rating. Um, <laughs> but no, the last thing I have to say is um, we are looking for a sponsor. Yeah, a title. So sponsor. I might as well mention it on here. Title sponsor. So not not we're not going to go like Craig Carton and Evan, and it's like oh here's the Goodyear tire or whatever one eight hundred mattress or whatever the fuck they do now. Um, yeah, you're gonna have to deal with the cursing. That's uh, I can I can tone it down a little bit if need be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we're looking for a sponsor for the podcast. Um, I think this is the easiest way to get it out there is just put it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, kind of open to anything, anything and everything. Um. Yeah, that that might stretch. You know what? That might yeah, be too far. There's a there's uh. a within reason there, but for sure, <laughs> yeah, uh, we are open to a podcast title sponsor. If you are interested, you can uh, hit up either one of us on any of the social media platforms. Um, but yeah, or you could email Richie. Do you feel comfortable putting your email out there? Oh yeah, us? of course. It, it's uh r u Richie i r i c h i e at gmail dot com. So yeah, um, this should be fun because I'm sure I'm gonna get a emails like "fuck you, yeah. you suck, buddy." Like, <laughs> no, I'm uh, but yeah, no, definitely, we need someone to sponsor us because uh, we love the podcast and we want to keep it going. And the easiest way to do that is to uh, have a little bit of income with it, which would be nice. Um, yeah. And you get you get your brand. There's a, there's an ROI here. This is an NIL. Yeah, we actually do an ROI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if if you are uh, serious about it, we have a. Uh, a- proposal package that uh we would like to discuss with you so feel free to contact us and we will set up a meeting but yeah thanks again for listening uh i think we've exhausted the bag here oh yeah this was a deep one this is a deep one but we uh we hope it's a good yeah (laughs) that was the worst fucking thing i could have said jesus um Um, i'm done (laughs) Done. But I hope this promise is, these jokes won't be on uh, any sponsored pods. Yeah, I hope this uh, this podcast guides you into a beautiful weekend in the Northeast. But for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Northeast Podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.